we hear the, the word, you know, know your why, we hear that phrase all the time, right? And it sounds, it almost sounds pedantic at some point. Yeah. But honest to God, the only person who can keep you motivated when you're at your lowest, the only person who's going to believe in you when everybody else is questioning what the heck you're even thinking about doing, mm -hmm. the only person who can get you out of those dark places is going to be you. There's no one better to speak to you in that moment than you. And you might not be strong enough in that moment to pull yourself out, but the version of you who was motivated and knew why you wanted to go in the first place, that is the person who can motivate you. So write down all those reasons why. Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living Podcast, where we are reimagining and redefining what it means to be in midlife, where we are gathering energy, momentum, and excitement for our next chapter via candid conversations with other midlifers about their own pivots, pitfalls, and triumphs. I'm Yvonne Marchese, your host, and I'm so happy you're here. My guest today is Jemmy Lagagne. She's known to many in the podcasting community as Producer Jemmy. And she's a little younger than my average guest at the age of 42, but she is wise. Jemmy's midlife reinvention story began in her mid-30s. She recognized early that she wanted more challenge, excitement, and freedom than corporate America was ever going to provide her. She's a single mom and a powerhouse. Her list of accomplishments since she took the leap into running her own business is dizzying. I'm 11 years older than her, but you'll hear me say more than once in our conversation that I want to be her when I grow up. Producer Jemmy discovered podcasting in 2014 and has grown her business, Flintstone Media, along with the Florida Podcast Network, hosting and producing podcasts and managing podcast networks. She's a podcast producer, she's a coach, speaker, and industry expert who earned the privilege of being the first podcasting instructor for the Connecticut School of Broadcasting and was the recipient of PodFest's 2020 High Achiever Award. I can't wait for you to meet her. But anyway, before we do, I do have a quick question for you. Do you have a project on the back burner that you can't stop thinking about? but you can't seem to get started on? Or are you itching for a new career? Or maybe you keep thinking about finally getting in shape or you want to write a book and you just can't seem to make yourself take the steps to make it happen. So I created a free guide for you designed to kind of kickstart you to help you start taking the steps towards your next act. It's a workbook called Five Steps to Your Midlife Reboot. You can sign up to receive it as an email series with some ideas and practical exercises that you can use over the course of several weeks to get past feeling stuck. You can do these at your own pace as they'll just be waiting for you in your inbox when you're ready for the next step. I'll remind you at the end of the episode and tell you where to go to sign up if you're interested. So, okay, without further ado, here's Jemmy Lagagne. Let's go. Hey, Jimmy, thank you so much for being with me. Thank you so much for having me. I've been really looking forward to chatting with you. Off oh, of Clubhouse in 3D. This is fun. Well, almost 3D. I know. I get to <laughs> see moving. your face. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I love it. I, lo I freaking love Clubhouse. Me I mean, too. I can't tell you how often I talk about it on my podcast. It's a little embarrassing. Actually. I know. I <laughs> 
I totally get it. <laughs> there needs to be a, like a clubhouse for an anonymous group or something like that. This was written a little too much. It's true. Oh my goodness, it's true. It's a, it's a, it's a. I would say it's a problem, but I don't think it's a problem. It's not. It's fun. Problems aren't fun. This is fun. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, here we are. I mean, you. There's something about you, Jemmy, that comes across so instantly mm. all this jemminess it's, it's like it's so good you're just so listenable and so relatable oh, instantly you. and that's what i was noticing listening to your podcast i mean and i've been in clubhouse rooms with you before too Back before I really knew you, I, I was in some room and it was about it was business advice and stuff. And you were just so generous with your knowledge, um, sharing it with people and all that. And just I'm just so thrilled you're it's here because there have been so many people who've been so generous with their knowledge for me and you know, I wouldn't be here if it hadn't been for, you know, Glenn the Geek, Jeremy Pound. And I could the list can go on and on of people who have really been there for me and helped me and answered questions for me. And so the least I can do, the least I can do is to give back at every opportunity that I can. So you have a company called Flintstone Media, mm -hmm. which is a podcasting network for Florida. Right. right. So Florida Podcast Network is a subsidiary. So Flintstone Media is the umbrella company. It's a production it's house, consultancy firm, all the stuff. So I work with independent clients. I help build networks, manage networks. Da, da, da. And then Florida Podcast Networks is, is underneath that. And it's kind of my own my own personal project. Yeah. My own baby. baby. Gotcha. <laughs> and then you've got your podcast business in the bedroom. Mm hmm. Podfest. Yes, the Podfest it's, podcast. Do you help run Podfest? Is that? I don't. I get to have all the fun with none of the work. It's the best deal ever. So, no, I got to meet the Podfest folks back in 2019. And um, just they, they, brought me under their wing and you know I, I kind of didn't give them a choice I threw a microphone all their faces and interviewed them <laughs> they got to know me real quick um but yeah podcast has been fantastic and so um you know fast forward now many years they have never had their own show <laughs> so, amazing uh, I gotta and I've never listened to it I, I gotta go check that one out it's really good if I may say so myself and my co-host Glenn and I, um, we got the call to, to host that show and it's been so much fun. So it's one of my favorite things to do is to okay, it's going on my him. list. Yeah, it's going on my list. Yeah, for sure. And then you've got the Palm Beach Podcasters Meetup. I do. I do. I do a lot. <laughs> and you're a podcasting instructor at the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I'm pretty sure I'm missing a lot of other things that you do, including being a mom. Yeah, that's the number one thing. That's the number one thing. I just dropped him off at school a little while ago. And it's, it's, you know, I, I got back from dropping him off. And I was just thinking about, I wonder in his mind if he thinks it's a chore for me to take him to school. I literally just had this thought. I'm like, I wonder if he thinks that if he realizes just how much I love Mm. I love taking him to school. Mm. And so, yes. yeah, that's, that's my number one. It's thing. golden time, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. My kids, bless their hearts, um, when they got to uh, junior high school, uh, we're too close for the bus and far enough away that it's a good walk, but not too far. Yeah. And 
I frankly would rather walk with my kids to school than drive them because, you know, the pickup line is, is hellish. Right. And um, <laughs> so they would, they both of them let me walk with them, me and my oh, husband, whenever he awesome. could do it too. We would walk with them to school, which is that's like, awesome. you think about it and I'm like, oh my God, how embarrassing, you know, for... <laughs> But you know what? That eight, that now eighteen year olds, um, they may be be looking back and thinking it was embarrassing them, but I'm sure they're gonna really, really cherish it. So no worries. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I'm I'm pretty good at embarrassing them overall. Oh, so, so am I. You know, <laughs> my kid knows my act. He's like, oh, here she goes again. <laughs> but he got me back. He got me back when we were in New Orleans. Um, I took him to my. I went to college there. I went to Tulane. So I took him to campus to kind of. I've never been. Haven't been back since so i was walking around we went to the the bookstore where they have you know you can buy t-shirts and whatever goodies so i was looking for like decals from a car so we're walking around and there's a decent crowd in there he goes mommy mommy announce to everyone that you went here i'm like no jordan i'm not gonna do it i'm like fine (laughs) so i got it like all big and loud like i was on a loudspeaker my name is jemmy i (laughs) graduated from here and then i look and i go are you happy now (laughs) so yeah i raised him a little bit too close to the cup That's hilarious. And if had I done that, my kids would have been running, like scattering to the wind. To, Maybe to, do it. To, I am not with this crazy woman. Uh, and you know, forget it if Bohemian Rhapsody comes on in the car because oh, forget I am it. Oh, crazy. That, that's, that's eight and minutes like, of embarrassment. Good luck. <laughs> Anyway, so funny. We've gone far, far afield, but I knew this was going to (laughs) happen. I knew this was going to happen with you. I love it. Um, So before you had a before life. I did. I did. And we were talking earlier and I can't believe how much you've done. You're 42 years old. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm 42 with the soul of an 82 year old. (laughs) And it yeah. sounds to me like your your pivot time, I mean, it, you said it was in your early 30s, right? Mm-hmm. Take, take us back to what was going on for you at that point. What drew you into the world of podcasting sure. and communications? So it was it's a world I definitely had no idea I belonged in. Um, I was in corporate life for many years as a data analyst. When I graduated college, um, I graduated with two bachelor's degrees in business, one in information systems management, one in finance. So I kind of put those together and I decided to go into data analytics. I love coding. I'm a total nerd. I love coding. So if you say, I want a report that does this, me having the chance to go in and find the databases and find the tables and the fields and how they work, and da, 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 putting the co- like I loved it. It was like everything ever, right? But then after 15 years of it and kind of reaching the pinnacle of what I could do, I, I was bored. Um, but it's funny because in that life, you know, you're isolated, you're in your cubicle, you're scrunched down, you're typing all day and you're, you're just, you're doing your thing. Um, so at the time I listened to this radio show every day because they got me through what was now a pretty boring time and they're hilarious. So I listened to them on the way into work and then they would repackage their morning show as a podcast. So I'd listen to it once, maybe twice <laughs> during the course of the rest of the day. So long story short, their show started to get deconstructed and, and then ended up getting kicked off the air. And I'm like, I need this medicine every day. This is not okay. So I started this social media campaign to get them back on the air and, and ended up growing and growing. I, I, 
I end up getting myself spots on the ra- on other radio shows to talk about it, on television news reports to talk about it, like big news stations were talking about it. I had um, festivals at this big, um, the crowds at this big festival chanting KVJ, KVJ, bring them back, you know, whole thousands of people. Um, we had Elvis Duran in New York chiming in to bring them back. So it ended up working. I got them back on the wow. number one station in Florida. Wow. And I was like, wow, I'm good at this. I had no idea. So I was bored at one, my, my career and discovering this new talent. So I said, why don't I start a business with this new talent, see if I can grow it and eventually make the move and be independent, have my own company. So that's what I did. So Flintstone Media was born and it was born building websites, doing social media, anything that basically lent itself to digital PR work. Um, and while, while doing that, I had just recently, like I said, discovered you know their show as a podcast. And so I was discovering other podcasts and I decided to, I wanted to know how do people do what they love for a living? I had been geared towards becoming a doctor, becoming a lawyer, something that ended up with some letters at the end of my name. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't know what I wanted to do, what I really was passionate about. And then I discovered I was really passionate about this digital marketing thing. So I'm like, well, how can I really make this business work? So I decided to interview people who I knew who were doing what they love for a living. And then I decided to do it as a podcast so that I wasn't the only one who had the answers. Everyone could share and benefit from this information. Mm-hmm. So I just started doing that, um, really not expecting much of it than just be this weekly conversation I had. And I completely fell in love with it, completely fell in love with it. I fell in love with um, the excitement people have for being able to be on the show. I fell in love with the excitement from listeners, knowing that they had a resource that was guiding them and their pursuit of their passions, know that they weren't crazy for wanting to do this thing. Um, In fact, over my shoulder here is a painting by a gentleman named Jafla, who I've known for probably 15 years. We practically grew up together in our various career paths of creative career paths. And he is now up for an NAACP image award. And when he got nominated, I got the text of a lifetime, a text from him saying, you're the only interview I want to do. He basically granted me immediate exclusivity. My jaw to just interview. dropped, by the yeah. way. <laughs> crazy, crazy. So this, wow. is what, this is what I love. I love that wow. not only can I do it because I love it, but then I can also be a vehicle for other people. And I realized that this is what I want to do. So Flintstone Media quickly became um, geared towards being a podcast production company. And it was years and years of hard work, very hard work. And I eventually made it happen. And so Florida podcast network was born, um, about a year or two into that effort when I had already started working for horse radio network, which is a whole nother story. It was awesome. And really learning the business side of podcasting, which I didn't know there was a business side of podcasting. I thought it was all hobby stuff. And but when I learned there was a business side of it, that's when I made the decision. And then I thought, well, I want a network too. And Florida Podcast Network made the most sense. So Flintstone Media was built and grown to serve independent clients, so serve other podcast network. And then Florida Podcast Network was born as a subsidiary, as like my other baby project to get off the ground. And I'm so proud of it. We actually just launched another show today. <laughs> wow, congratulations. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. So are you from Florida originally? 
So I was originally born in North Carolina, in Charlotte, North Carolina, but I only lived there till I was about three. So I have very few memories of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we moved to Miami when I was five and we lived there for a couple of years and then we moved to Boca Raton and that's so pretty much where I grew up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm there. Floridian. So that, yeah. So <laughs> that makes sense for you to have this tie to Florida and. Exactly. In, in fact, it's funny. Um, I'll admit something here. So when I was thinking about what network to do, um, my now friend, Glenn, who's the founder of Horse Radio Network, he, he and I were talking, he was helping like, helping me brainstorm, right? And he's like, well, why don't you do something like, you know, there's not, you know, a a podcast network celebrating the black community or, you know, black achievement, anything like that. I said, you know, I'll be honest, I can totally do that. I totally understand why you're asking me to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. But that hasn't been the community that I really grew up in very, you know, tightly. Um, So I don't know if I'm as even though I'm black, I don't know if I'm capable of being that right now. I think I can grow into that at some point. But I grew up, my parents are from Haiti. I was in private school my whole life. So I didn't have um, the African-American cultural background. I had an mm-hmm. immigrant American cultural background. Mm-hmm. I went to school with, I was basically the only piece of pepper and a table full of salt. So I did, you know, the only <laughs> time I got to be in around people of my complexion was college. So I wasn't really comfortable thinking I could lead that charge. But mm-hmm. then once the idea hit for Florida, I was like, Florida can be so many things. And I know at some point I can have an incredible show on there that highlights what what black people are doing in Florida communities. And I'm going to do it. But yeah, so Florida Podcast Network, it's, we talk about anything Florida based. So Florida industries. So for example, we have the Florida Beer Podcast. So it's all about craft beer industries, which are exploding in Florida. It's so much fun um, to cool. location based shows. So I would love to do a show like based on Miami and Miami's history, that, for example. Yeah. And then we have um, just really fun, goofy shows. So the show that I personally do, which is on hiatus right now um, because of the pandemic, is called Finding Florida. And so it was a travel adventure show. And so Glenn, owner of Horse Radio Network, was my co-host on that show, too. He's also my co-host on the PodFest podcast. And literally every month we'd go someplace different in Florida and a visitor's bureau would would fund the trip and we'd get put up in a hotel and get to do all these fun, crazy things and put it on a podcast. And there it is. So yeah, we got so a vacation every month. Smart. <laughs> so stinking smart. Oh I my God. Do it. <laughs> if you remember, I, I don't remember on clubhouse when I, for, for the longest time, my picture on clubhouse was me walking away from the camera and I'm on a beach and I'm walking toward a, I'm in the water w- walking toward a floating bar. Oh, and, and that picture was taken. Um, I'm actually being paid to podcast in that picture. So that's one of my favorite that is moments. Oh, like, my gosh. It. That sounds like a dream. <laughs> it is. That sounds like a dream. I want to talk to you more about that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it is a dream. I have a friend who I just interviewed on the podcast recently, and she's got, you know, she's got this. She's from Florida, by the way, um, teaches at Florida Atlantic University. And she's got, oh, nice. she's like, right we should do. She's like, when when your kids are, are cooked, fully cooked and done, and <laughs> we, we should go out and just you and me and John will hit the road and we'll just interview the coolest people in America. Heck and yeah. that'll, be our, that'll be our thing. Heck you know? yeah. And I'm like, yeah, baby, let's go. Heck yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> 
once you put your mind to it, it's all about figuring out the how. Like I knew the what. I knew I wanted a network. I knew I wanted to be successful. I knew I wanted to be fun. I also knew one of the most important things to me, to be honest, at the time, um, Florida Podcast Network was born. I don't know if you remember, but there it was pretty controversial um, with local news networks. They're basically all being handed the same script. They had to sh- uh, word for word read these news stories, um, or they could get fired. This was a few years what? ago. Yeah, they could wow. get fired. So I happen to ha- have a lot of friends in in the news industry, and so they were all going through this. And I realized that Florida Podcast Network could be an opportunity if they decided. The situation they were in had too many shackles. They could lend their talents to Florida Podcast Network, where I wouldn't put those restraints on them. So, Florida mm-hmm. Podcast Network, it's to elevate Florida brands, but it's also to provide a an option for people who are really talented, but are stuck in positions um, where they're not being treated and valued well. So, bring those mm-hmm. talents to FVM. <laughs> it's one of the things I love about podcasting is the low barrier of entry mm-hmm. and that there's no gatekeepers and mm-hmm. your show is your show. It could be as long as you want. It can be as short as you want. It can be about anything you want. You can cuss. You can not. You can... Exactly. The freedom of podcasting is phenomenal. Exactly. It's what I've been looking for my whole life, Jenny. <laughs> I love podcasting because it allows you that freedom. It's so much fun. Yeah. Man, oh man. I... And I just, I'm just agog with <laughs> everything that you have accomplished. And I have to tell you, like, um, I'm thinking about your story and about how the radio station or the radio show that you loved so much was this um, launching off point for you. And, you know, and the age at which it happened for you, like in your early 30s, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to get into talking a little bit about age right now cuz you're on the sure. younger end of of people I usually interview. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I didn't start That feels to- good. I mean, it's nice to hear that. <laughs> you are. Hey, youngin. Um I, look, I think about your story about your radio station and I think back to when I was in my 30s and I was still pursuing an acting career, but I was listening to This American Life on the radio cuz this is pre-podcast, right? Mhm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pre- podcasts weren't a thing. And I loved that show. I loved the content. I loved the storytelling of people, just normal people. I really feel right. like everybody has a story right. that's worth telling, of you know? Yeah, absolutely. And their structure, just everything about that show. I was like, oh, it, you know, I was, I would set my clock by it and listen. And I started getting interested in doing radio production. Like, how can I do what they do, you yeah. know? But I was in my early to mid thirties at this point and I stopped myself, Jimmy. I felt like I was too old to go back to school at that point. And I felt like it was the only way to go. So you didn't, you did not stop yourself. And and I guess, but what, this is a very long story to get to my question, which is when you hit that point, when you were bored in the career that you had, when you started out, you loved it. Yeah. Was there anything that that kept you from feeling like you could move forward? Was there a time before you made the move where there was that germination period of being uncomfortable and Mm. stopping yourself from moving out of it? 
I, I wonder, like, yeah. did that exist for you before you made the move? I'll be honest. No, not in the slightest. Gotcha. But probably not for the reasons you might imagine. Because um, I know I come across as this very bold, independent, move forward, like, I'm yes. going ride, like it or not, kind of girl, right? Yeah. But it's really not that. It's really not that. It's survival mode is really what it is. And I didn't really identify it until recently. Um, the 40s is a really introspective time, y'all. <laughs> so, it but it's it's been survival mode. And it's because... So in corporate America, I had pretty much every awful experience you can imagine. Um, I was sexually harassed by a, um, a superior. Um, mm. When I brought it up to my female boss, um, they turned it into a he said, she said, and mm. essentially punished me for it. Which um, happens so often. So right? often. People don't speak up. Uh-huh. I was fired when I got pregnant with my child. Hmm. Florida is an at-will state, which sounds lovely, but it just means they're at-will to fire you for whatever the heck they want, including nothing. <laughs> they never had to tell you. <laughs> right. Um, from the way that health insurance works to the way that hours work, I remember um, I worked for a company once. Oh, this is terrible. They had me flying to Ohio every week to handle court cases for them. Now, I wasn't a lawyer, but I was their legal representative, whatever, who showed up with the lawyer to court. Um, I didn't fly to Ohio once. I would fly to Ohio three times in one week. Why? Because wow. I wouldn't get paid unless I was in the air or in court. So I had to, if I had a court date on Monday and a Wednesday and a Friday, I had to literally fly back and forth just to get paid because if I wouldn't get paid for my time on Tuesday or my time on Thursday up in Cleveland. That's at all. insane. That's insane. Wow. Yeah. I've seen entire departments walked out of, of offices before. Um, myself, I, I got <laughs> really courted heavily um, by a company away from a job that I, I was doing really well in and really loved. Um, and so finally they... You know, twisted my arm enough and I went over there right and within three months of my being over there the entire department got killed not because anything I did <laughs> just for clarity <laughs> it wasn't my fault <laughs> but the entire someone on the sales floor walked out with a whole bunch of like a printed data and they got really really nervous and they shut like a whole bunch of the IT departments down I don't know what that had to do with the sales guy walking out but it did and so I was, our department was on that chopping block. So wow. just knowing that like, we're so expendable. Mm -hmm. Corporations don't care about you. They care about the value you bring to their bottom line. Mm -hmm. um, I've had to drive through a tropical storm to get to a job once because they said I'd be fired if I didn't go. Now this is a job I could have just as easily done from home. So this just piles up. It was piling up, piling up. And I'm realizing I'm, I mean nothing to these people and I'm spending so much of my life and it hit me. This is not what life was supposed to be. We weren't meant to sit in a car for half hour, 45 minutes to a, go to a job where we spend eight hours, 10 hours a day earning a paycheck 
to pay for the things we can't enjoy because we're in the car and then in the office forever. <laughs> like you're paying for yep. this house. You're never there. You're like, it's just, it's so, it's something, this is stupid. It's so a crazy realized, loop, isn't it? It is, yep. it is stupid. So I realized this is not, this is not for me. So when I say I was in survival mode, I mean, I had to figure out a way that I knew I couldn't survive and be a happy mother or human in this corporate life anymore. So I had to do something about it. So this opportunity, when I realized I had this talent, I'm like, this is what I need to, I need to take this and run with it. And it is hard. Like I was, I, it was late nights. Um, you know, I, I get home from work and I had a, a baby, but you know, I'd, I'd feed him and I'd be feeding him with one hand and working on something with the other, my website or whatever, something for a client or doing whatever I had to do, you know, nights, weekends, everything else. I got migraines because of it. It was, it was a lot of hard work, but I had to do it. I couldn't tell myself to not, I didn't have an option not to do it. I didn't have a safety net. I don't have, you know, I don't come from wealth. Mm -hmm. Um, my son's father was, useless and so it was literally me homeless back practically homeless practically shiftless without a job at one point like i've been to the bottom of the barrel and so at the time this decision was made yes i was working again but i realized i was still on the same path i was yeah. still in this spin cycle even if things were pretty good at this job that i was at now it was there's no telling when some boss who doesn't know me in some office remote somewhere else might make a decision and all he does is sign some piece of paper and all of a sudden my job no longer exists yeah and that lack of control and also that lack of um that sense of not being able to make decisions on when i take my son to the doctor or being able to be home with him when he's sick um being able to go to whatever event at his game i knew that's not the life i wanted and I was motivated by the life I did want. And now I know like before the pandemic, when field trips were still a thing, um, I was, I was, the, I was the mom who was at every field trip volunteering and chaperoning, you know, I loved it. Um, I got to bring cupcakes in for my kid's birthday. Like I, that's what I was working for. And I knew what I was wanting to do. I knew what I was turning away from. So I had to keep going. And so one thing I will, as a piece of advice for those listening is I, we hear, we hear the, the word, you know, know your why we hear that phrase all the time. Right. And it sounds, it almost sounds pedantic at some point, Yeah. but honest to God, the only person who can keep you motivated when you're at your lowest, the only person who's going to believe in you when everybody else is questioning what the heck you're even thinking about doing mm -hmm. the only person who can get you out of those dark places is going to be you there's no one better to speak to you in that moment than you and you might not be strong enough in that moment to pull yourself out but the version of you who was motivated and knew why you wanted to go in the first place that is the person who can motivate you. So write down all those reasons why, and they down. can be anything yes. from like, literally, um, <laughs> I want to own a company where I make millions of dollars. I can take vacations whenever I want, you know, to, I want to be able to bring cupcakes to my kid's school on his birthday, like mm -hmm. all those things. So that when you are thinking, I don't know if I can do this or I'm doubting myself or whatever, that you are your own voice telling yourself, girl, get back up here and get it done. Like you could do this. Shake it off and get <laughs> Shake up. Shake it off. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so it was really less of 
me being bold and really just being trying to survive. I was trying to survive. I totally get that. Totally get that. And good advice. Good advice to <laughs> tap into why why are we doing things? Exactly. Exactly. Right? And no one can better remind you of that than you. Yeah. Now you said that for, being in your 40s is a very contemplative time. To, are you willing to go there? <laughs> sure. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, right off the bat, I'm thinking, holy crap, I'm still not married. Like I'm 42. I've never been married. I've I can't remember what a boyfriend even is. <laughs> I don't remember what that is. Um, so that's probably the thing that I kind of contemplate on the most. And, you know, we're, as we're recording this, of course, the date is looming for Valentine's Day. So it's super fun of mine. I'm like, ugh. but what I try to what I'm trying to do right now in my life at this point is fix the seven year old version of me who whose needs weren't met properly. Mm -hmm. um, emotional needs weren't met properly. And so I'm trying to identify at this point in my life now, all the threads that lead back to that little girl and how can I mend those threads so that I can move forward? You know, what is it about the way that I was raised or treated or the messages that I received with myself that have kept me from um, finding a good, healthy relationship? Um, mm -hmm. What are the the lessons that I learned that are stifling my ability to believe in myself enough to grow this business? I know this probably sounds crazy to you, but trust me, there's a lot of times where I know my business could be bigger and more successful had I had more confidence in myself in this moment, that moment or the other moment. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's and so it's I'm doing a lot of identifying, a lot of recognizing of patterns and a lot of healing of that stuff. You know, things that I probably probably should have taken place in my 20s or my 30s. So I'm a little I, I feel a little bit behind in that in that this process of life. But yeah, you know, better late than never. And I think that's a common feeling, Jemmy. And I want to say I don't think you are behind. OK, you're exactly I'm just going to say right now you're exactly where you should be. And I think that midlife is a time where you know they, there's the the midlife crisis that that everybody thinks of mm -hmm. but i don't really think it's a crisis i think it's a deepening and a and a time when you can really go in and look at what you really value and go in and look at what your seven-year-old didn't get because i don't think anybody's seven-year-old got what they needed right right you right know? right exactly and it's a it's a time to kind of like go in and reckon with all that stuff and it's yeah. an opportunity um and you're not late you thank are not you. late you are amazing thank amazing. you amazing and i have to say i'm a little heartened to hear you say that you feel like you could have done more that you had you know that there's moments where you should have been more self-confident because i'm looking at what's on paper <laughs> here and i'm like damn girl this is, this is like unstoppable thank producer you. jemmy thank you you know i appreciate um, that but yeah, yeah there definitely there definitely are moments of self-doubt that held me back like just things like um getting an email from a client and being too afraid to open it because I don't want to, what if, what if they're bad at me? Like that's little things like I that, know, you know, know then, yes. then, then, then that moment turns into 10 minutes and then a half hour and then two hours and, then, and you know, and 
making those relationships kind of damaging those relationships a little bit because of my own self-doubt instead of just acting and knowing yeah. I can do it. Yeah. 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 Man, oh man. <laughs> I think, you know what I think it is? I think when you're I want to be you when I grow up, Jemmy. Oh my goodness. I think when you're younger, you're looking at life as this never ending road ahead of you. And there's a certain point where you realize, oh, there is an end. <laughs> I'm going to get there. And I'm closer to so, the end than I was. Maybe Damn. I should be doing all those things I really wanted to do and doing it in the right way and being a better human. Let me start that. <laughs> I think that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> right on target, man. Right on target. And it's like, it's like, it's now or never. You mm -hmm. get that, you get that feeling. I mean, in a way it's a blessing because, because it's like, uh, I was gliding along yeah. for my twenties, you know, and thirties really just you know like what? I don't, oh, I I don't got know time. If, I got time I don't know if I would have um been able to make the decision the decisions that I'm making right now because I know myself so much better than I did back then I don't know if I would have even had a chance to make the decisions that I'm making right now like I'm making much more thoughtful um <laughs> less risky <laughs> When I went to New Orleans, so my son and I went to a trip to New Orleans um, a couple weeks ago, and uh, that's where I went to college. So I was living in New Orleans, and you know, just as I'm on the brink of turning in my into my twenties and all of that, and learning what life is and being an adult, kicked out of the nest, all that kind of stuff. And now, fast forward, I'm bringing my nine year old to New Orleans to tell him about my experience and showing show him where I used to live, and I'm realizing, oh, here's where I. Uh, nope, can't tell you about that. Oh, but this is where I. Oh, nope, nope. Gonna have to filter that story. Um, oh, the stories I won't tell my kids. <laughs> all those stories were done in my early twenties, and I guarantee you, those stories would not happen now. Honestly, know better. Yeah, I'm amazed. I feel like I've got some guardian angel on my shoulder because I made so many bad choices that yes. I didn't pay for. Like yes. somehow another I got through and I survived a situation yes. that I put myself in that could have gone horribly horribly yes wrong. yes I think about that all the time in fact um oh. I I was listing out some of these things this is about a year ago I decided to finally just start listing out some of the crazy stories crazy things I've done just to like really appreciate the fact that I'm still here and I'm not behind bars like <laughs> been that crazy it's not like what is wrong with jemmy but it's been all good all fun yeah all fun oh my gosh jemmy i could talk to you all day <laughs> we're gonna we may have to figure out another time to do something oh, else i i definitely. don't know i don't know i feel like i feel like it's too soon to cut this off and yet to them looking at the time going yeah we should probably <laughs> I mean, honestly, I would, I've loved this conversation. You're a fantastic interviewer and, you know, I, I appreciate, um, that you, you really did look into my background. I also really appreciate how excited you, you genuinely are. So you, you're really good host and you've made me feel very welcome. And this has been such a fantastic conversation. I definitely looking forward to another invitation for sure. Thank you so much. Uh, and again, I, you know, I'm 11 years older than you. I want to be you when I grow up. I am looking at your, at everything that you are accomplishing and stepping through whatever fear is there for you and just with massive admiration. So thanks for being an inspiration to me. 
Thank you so much. I'll share one more thing on that note. Um, a couple of weeks ago, my son and I were sitting down and uh, we oftentimes will be on my bed after school. He's watching TV. I'm getting work done <laughs> and, um, you know, doing my business from the bedrooms. I always do. And just out of nowhere, randomly, he turns to me, he says, mommy, I am so proud of you. I said, wow, thank you. Why? He says, mommy, because out of all the mommies in my class, you're the only one who's an entrepreneur and who's built your own business. And I'm so proud of you. Wow. So Ugh. if there's anything that keeps me going now, it's knowing that he's watching and then I'm inspiring him. And so for anybody listening, people are watching you and being inspired by you too. And we all can do this. We all can do this. I'm gonna leave it at that. I love that message. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh, I loved talking to Jemmy. I love her laugh. My big takeaway, you know, is that she saw the writing on the wall regarding the social contract of corporate America early in her 30s. They were not going to take care of her the way she needed to be taken care of. If she wanted the flexibility to be a mom who could be there for cupcakes in the classroom and field trips, she knew she needed to forge her own path. And you know, she said she took bold steps out of her survival instinct. I'm inspired by her unwillingness to settle for less than what she saw was possible. She was bored, not challenged anymore. And then she found something she was good at and enjoyed and then explored what was possible and where she could go with it and look where it's led her. There's something in her story for all of us, I think. If you want to know more about Jemmy or check out any of her podcasts, I'll have that information for you in the show notes. You can just go to latebloomerliving.com forward slash podcast and click on the show notes for episode 91. And while you're there, you can also find that link to sign up to receive your free guide, Five Steps to Your Midlife Reboot. Thanks so much for listening and hanging out here all the way to the end. I hope you have a fantastic week. Stay safe and well. Talk soon.